Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose, one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal, and we're gonna get after it, starting right now. Okay, peeps, this is the part of the show that I get to give you a big old virtual hug, and thank you for reviewing the podcast, My Labor of Love. These ratings and reviews, seriously, they really do mean the world to me. It can be really lonely sitting here behind the microphone. So thank you. This five-star review titled, Maudie Inspires You to Act, comes from Punchy V. Punchy V says, I was having a really boring day at work and struggling not to mentally check out on the last day of one of my rotations in med school. I decided to take a walk at lunch and tune into Maudie's podcast, the newest one being on mantras. I totally feel what she is saying. The cutesy sayings aren't very motivational for me without being connected to action I can take. It was such a good reminder and totally refreshed me on my why. I reminded myself that I'm learning how to do what I love and each patient can teach me something new. Went back to finish the afternoon with renewed energy. Oh my gosh, Punchy V, thank you so much for this review. And thank you for everything that you do for your patients. And I just want to give you some props for taking the walk, taking some time to yourself so you could give those who rely on you exactly what you want and what they need. Thank you so much. And I'd love to hear what you think of the show. Go ahead and leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening, and I'll give you some love on a future episode. Welcome back to the Living on Purpose podcast, friends. I have such a special treat for you today. And I have to say, this treat is over a year in the making. I worked up enough courage about 12 months ago to ask these two women to hop on the podcast. And as you know, I took a big old fat podcast break. And so it took me 12 months to gain the courage again to re-ask them. And so here they are. This is like so long in the making. This is a dream come true for me. And I cannot wait to share Balance 365 with you and what these amazing women have to share with the world. I interviewed three of my college best friends for this interview. Three of my college besties are all in Balance 365 coaching and they all rave. And after I was done interviewing them, I was like, how in the world am I going to fit this conversation into 45 minutes? So my goal is to stop talking, do very, very little talking and just let this conversation go where it needs to go so that we can get new ideas and maybe a different perspective into your ears and into your life. So without further ado, Annie and Jen, I'd love to just get a brief introduction of the both of you and then a brief introduction to Balance 365. And I will let you guys fight over who goes first. Go ahead, Annie. Alphabetical <laughs> order here. Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. Um, hi. Thanks for having us. This is so fun. I um clearly you have a cool group of friends, first of all. Clearly. All imbalance through 65, like they're really smart. I am Annie Breeze, co-founder of Balance 365. I uh, live in Iowa, single mom, three kids, started in the industry as a kickbox instructor, gosh, almost 13 years ago. Um, but even before that, I had a long history of athletics, but a lot of body image struggles that came with that. And truth be told, I got into the fitness industry thinking that that would be like my salvation to eliminate all my suffering with my body image and food issues, um, that gaining, uh, gaining strength, losing weight wasn't exactly the answer, but, um, what evolved from it was, uh, this, 
path to self-love, moderation, balance, living a life on purpose and creating Balance 365. Amazing. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here too. And I agree. I have pretty badass friends. (laughs) (laughs) So hi, Jennifer Campbell. I live in uh, British Columbia, Canada. And I got started in this industry. um, I actually started blogging, oh gosh, in 2013. So almost 10 years ago. And I started blogging at a time when I was very lonely. I was at home with my kids and we were living in a kind of, we were living overseas and I was quite isolated. And uh, my husband was in grad school and I was having babies and, and I started blogging and talking about things I was interested in, which evolved (laughs) as I evolved. And what I was really interested in that time was pre and postnatal health. And it was something I was learning about through my own pre and postnatal experience as far as having different health issues that before, you know, prior to pregnancy was not aware that these things could happen. So that was kind of my entry into the industry. What I ended up doing was uh, becoming a personal trainer, training pre and postnatal women. And that really was my specialty and how I became known in this industry. But what shifted for me was that I would get these, you know, brand new postpartum women who were anxious as hell about their weight. And it almost overshadowed really their health in many ways, right? So um, lots of women contacting me asking, you know, if I would kick their ass in the gym and help them lose the baby weight and, and I just, that just wasn't my angle. And that wasn't the message that I had. And I realized that there was a deeper need in this industry and space to figure out why women don't care about their health and why their weight is a priority for them above what's good for them health and wellness wise. And you know, that just that question, just asking myself that question, what's going on here? And of course I have my own diet culture experience. So I had a feeling I did know what was going on. Um, that evolved into, you know, meeting Annie, having lots of common interests and a vision for the world and creating balance 365. That's amazing. And so I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I recently had an experience with, um, a friend and her mother, and my friend is going through some really big health, health challenges on a lot, a lot of medication. And one of the side effects of all this medication and, and mental and physical health issues is weight loss. And her mother, when I saw them, her mother said, look at your friend. Doesn't she look so good? Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, she's sick. Yeah. And so what I heard was, your body image, your weight is more important than your health. Yeah. And I didn't know what to say. I, I, because of cultural conditioning and what we see on the internet and our moms and the messages we've gotten. And so again, I am so excited to have this conversation. So can you tell us a little bit about, you kind of, you kind of talked about it, but the birth of balance 365, where did it all come from? Annie and I met online in a Facebook group. Oh, what is his name, Annie? Oh, S- Stephen Michael Ledbetter introduced yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And essentially, he's not really around anymore doing anything anymore, but he had started this Facebook group for people working in the fitness industry who wanted to just be able to help their clients. In, in, a, in a deeper, more meaningful way than the fitness industry was. And he had a PhD in, I'm not sure what it was in, but something around behavior change. So he was really teaching health and wellness professionals about behavior change. And that was not a concept I knew about, <laughs> not, not even a term in my brain that existed. And so, um, Annie and I met through him and uh, we were kind of the moms in the group. Annie and I both had quite young kids then. And um, yeah, we started chatting on Messenger (laughs) (laughs) and eventually founded Balance 365. What year did you guys, what year was it founded? It was in 2015. That's amazing. So 
as you may or may not know, but all of my listeners do know, I really, really hate diet culture. And I hate the idea that our weight dictates our worth. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of women, I'm raising my hand when I say I've tried, I, I feel like I've tried it all, tried all the diets, tried all the cleanses, tried all the everything. And, and nothing has stuck. Nothing has worked for the long haul. Can you tell me how is Balance 365 different than, say, Weight Watchers or a cleanse or um, other diets that we have heard about? Are you are you wanting me to answer that because yeah, she mentioned Weight Watchers, Jen? Is that <laughs> <laughs> I I can relate to that? As can Jen. Uh, we have tried between the two of us. Certainly, we've tried. I think everything that we've ever heard of. One of us has done it specifically. I have a very toxic on a long-term on again, off again relationship with Weight Watchers. So I can relate to that. I always joke, like no one just joins Weight Watchers once. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like crap on Weight Watchers. That was just my own personal experience. And in coaching thousands of women, that was also their experience. They're like, it works when I join. Well, then like it actually doesn't work. And I think that's one of the biggest pillars of balance 365 is that we aren't about quick fixes, um, band-aid solutions. Like if it doesn't work in the long term, i.e. the rest of your life, it doesn't work period. Mm -hmm. And, um, there might be seasons of life where you can, engage in certain behaviors for the short term because it's summer or kids are gone off to college or you had a baby and you need to speed up, slow down, scale up, slow, uh, scale back. But for the most part, what we teach in Balance 365 is a set of skills and the science behind behavior change and shifting your mindset to leave you with a lasting foundation of health and wellness habits that you can use the rest of your life. This isn't just like for six weeks or six months, although people are in coaching for say six months, when they graduate, they're leaving with the skills and concepts and philosophies and approaches that they can use the rest of their life. What would you say, Jen? I would hundred percent agree with that. And just that uh, we take and this not may not even make sense to some of your listeners, but uh, what we find is that women are um, outsourcing what's good for them. And that's why they turn to these different diet companies because they want to be told what to eat, how to eat, when to eat. And, you know, years go by and this, they wake up one day and they're, they have this, they can't, they realize They can't stop thinking about food. They can't stop thinking about the next time they're going to eat. They're weighing themselves multiple times a day. The way they're talking to themselves, you know, they've, they've quote unquote failed time after time after time again. And I had a real turning point in my own journey when I just had this moment where I was getting out of the shower. I caught my reflection coming out of the shower I was, I'm talking, I was maybe four weeks postpartum and I just started on the usual. Here's how I talk to myself. Gross, disgusting. You have to do something about this. And right in that moment, I heard one of my older sons laugh, like just a giggle from outside the door. And I just had this lightning bolt come down and go, what if your children talk to themselves like this someday? And it almost brought me to my knees and it made me realize where I was at. And I think it's like that saying, if you throw a frog into boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put a frog into cold water and slowly heat it up, it will just boil to death. And I think that the journey to where I got was just like a slow boil. Had I uh, gone from, you know, healthy eater, healthy confident person, you know, balanced nutritious habits and woken up one day and found myself 
talking to myself that way, uh, meticulous, meticulously, obsessively counting macros, um, going for a run at four weeks postpartum, even though I couldn't hold my bladder um, because I had to burn as many calories as possible all the time. I would have hopped right on out of that pot. Mm -hmm. You know, that's clearly extremely unhealthy, but it happened so slowly for me mm -hmm. over the course of a decade that it's like, I just had that moment where I was like, look where you are at. And look what has become important to you. And you are now a role model for these three beautiful children that are going to have to navigate the same world that you've had to navigate and something's got to change. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. A couple of years ago, I had the conversation with my husband about talking about our bodies mm -hmm. in front of the kids. And, and we, we talk about it to ourselves, right? And how we, how we'd like to change this or have this new habit. And we just don't bring body conversations into the house. And so I really appreciate you having, because we also have three kids mm -hmm. and boys go through the same challenges mm -hmm. that girls go through. And unfortunately, probably it's a little bit harder because maybe people don't talk about it. Like we're starting to. And I wonder if the reverse is true, Jen and Annie, for your for your Balance 365, when you talk about the slow boil and you talk about it, it happened over a long period of time gradually. And when I interviewed my good friends, this was kind of the theme that came up over and over with Balance 365 is it's not like what you're going to find on the social media ads that tell you, here's your quick fix. Here's how to get hot girl summer in six weeks. Here, how's that lose 20 pounds in, I don't know, some unrealistic, ridiculous. 20 days. Yeah, totally. Days. Yes. Yes. And when I talked to my girlfriends, they were adamant that if that's what you want, Balance 365 is not your jam. Absolutely. So can you talk about the, the slow boil when it comes to the positive side effects and the positive consistency theme that Balance 365 gives women. I was just having this conversation this morning. <clears throat> I got a phone call from a friend who, and this is a common experience that Jen and I run into, who was panicked. She saw a photo of herself on vacation that we were on in a bathing suit. And she just was spiraling real fast and similar situation as Jen getting out of the shower. It was like, I've got to do something about this. I have to lose the weight. And she knows what I do for a living. And essentially her fear is that, or her desire is I need to get out of the shame and the panic. I need to get this off of me. And then I will focus on skills and habits. And I'm like, you're not gonna get out of the shame and the panic until you start learning these skills and habits and, sh and shift your, your belief system, your mindset. Like they're trying to put the cart before the horse thinking that like, that's the way it works. And it's just not going to work that way until you can reduce, or at least not be so reactive to body shame, um, panic, guilt, scarcity, you're probably always going to struggle. And that makes you super vulnerable to six week cleanses or fasts or these quick fix solutions out there. I remember like, you know, I was, my first diet was at 17 and, you know, very vulnerable age. Uh, and I'd also put on quite a bit of weight that year and, you know, diet culture is all around us. So you know, my first diet was lose 10 pounds in two days. It was like a juice cleanse diet, you know, 17 years <sighs> old, you know, and that stuff was just laying around our house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think it's like this, as I was saying before, that we outsource what's good for us. It's, and Annie's talking about, there's an inner belief system driving all of this reactivity and grabbing for quick fixes. And this is also another Annie analogy. I do enjoy my Annie analogies. Um, we, our body image issues feel like a hot potato and we have to uh, ha like get rid of them quick. Like this is burning. And we think that the solution to that is outside of us. It is losing the weight. So we don't have to deal with the pain, but the belief is still there. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I can just control the size of my body, I won't have to deal with that pain that I am not worthy. Mm -hmm. I am not enough. And what we are saying in Balance 365 is this is an inside job. 
It's an inside job. And we aren't pro-weight loss. We aren't anti-weight mm-hmm. loss. We don't have an opinion about women's bodies and what they should do with them. What we do know and believe is that there's a lot of hurt inside so many women and a lot of healing that's needed in that area. The issues that women have with food, whether they're under eating, overeating, chaotically eating, mm-hmm. binge eating, those are just symptoms of the inner world. So these diets can, can control that temporarily, but those beliefs always have a way of getting themselves back up to the surface. Yeah. But what women in general want to do, and Jen and I have been there is they want to throw us the hot potato. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to hold this hot potato. I'm so uncomfortable in my body right now. I want to throw it and I want to lose this weight fast and then I'll feel better. And essentially in balance 365, we would say like, Hey, the, that potato is going to cool down. And if you can just sit with the discomfort and explore that, the, you know, like the shame and how that influences your choices and respond in what we say, like a grown ass woman way, or in your higher, highest self way, the way that your future self is going to thank you for, you're going to be a lot better off in the long run. But back to your original question, that approach requires someone who's willing to sit with some discomfort Mm -hmm. and is willing to endure a longer, slower process that will ultimately, again, last much longer than, you know, any six week result you're going to get or two day juice cleanse that you're going to get, but you have to be willing and interested to play a little bit of more of a long game. Yeah. I love that approach. And uh, Jen, thank you so much for sharing about your first diet experience. Cause as I have a 16 year old daughter, that breaks my, that breaks my heart. Can you imagine? No. And you know, it's so interesting because we all notice these things like COVID was really, really hard on all of us, especially our babies. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine if with all the shit these kids have had to deal with and us as women, if our body image was on top of that. And I know it already is out there, but in the home. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing is you're helping, you're transforming the lives of all of your members. However, the ripple effect of Balance 365 is way bigger than your members. We hope so. And Uh, we have challenged our members to put us out of business. Um, We hope that there's no need for a company like ours in a generation. Mm. Um, And you know what? I'm just, I'm hearing stories about uh, young women that give me goosebumps. So we recently had a woman join and she told us that she joined because her 17 year old daughter came to her and said, mom, this has to stop. The way you talk about yourself has to stop. Your dieting has to stop. I found this program, mom, and I want you to check it out. And I thought, holy cow, like the kids are all right. They're going to be all right. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. One thing that I love, I've heard you say twice now, and, and it's about this outsourcing idea. And we've been taught that there's good and bad food, good Mm. and bad ways to exercise, good and bad ways to eat. And what I think I've been hearing from my friends and from Balance 365 and the podcast that's available um, to all of us is that it's not all black and white. No. And yeah, go ahead. I want to acknowledge, you know, that this is, this is messy. Okay. And, and we also uh, like to say that we, we live in the messy middle here. And at this point in history, there is a lot of different uh, voices, movements, and things saying this is right, this is wrong. And where at one point we used to live in this society where women felt guilty if they weren't trying to lose weight at the very least, right? And now what I'm hearing in 2022 is women saying, I do have goals for my body, but I feel guilty about having those goals because I want to love my body. And, and I, you know, I'm all in on this body positive movement. And I feel like this is like a secret shameful thing that I harbor. And I would argue that's just the flip side of the coin of also outsourcing what's good for you. And 
And it's, I think that every woman should challenge her weight loss goal, challenge it. But my own lived experience was um, having three babies in four years and my body felt foreign to me and I didn't want to change it. And that's because it didn't feel like I belonged in it anymore. It didn't feel like mine. And at that time, I mean, I was so thankful to have exited diet culture at that time, but I did find, you know, different Facebook groups that I I so needed at the time that were very, you know, body positivity, et cetera. And I so needed that messaging. But then, then when I decided like, I do have goals to change my body, uh, I didn't feel like I belonged there anymore either. And at that point I thought... (laughs) what is happening to me? Like I need to draw a line in the sand and become the boss of what's good for me. So for me, uh, that's my experience. And this outsourcing, it's like, we're always checking in on, Hey, Hey, will this be okay? Like check in with our friends, check in with social media, check in. Like, is this okay if I have this goal? And it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, Annie was saying to me a few weeks ago, um, she said to me, cause you know, to be honest, Annie and I don't love talking about weight loss. Like that's not what we like talking about. But Annie said to me a few weeks ago, you know, I don't give a shit if someone wants to lose weight or not, but if Mm. a woman decides that weight loss is something that she wants and it feels meaningful and purposeful for her, then I'm going to help her go out and get that. Mm. But if she doesn't want that, that's okay too. So What I think, and I think maybe this is why people don't value coaching enough because a good coach is actually neutral and doesn't have any goals for you at all and allows you and maybe questions you and challenges you at different times, but allows you to figure out what's right for you and then walks you towards that goal. You know, I think the problem with asking or, or labeling things as good, good or bad, right or wrong or enough, good enough. It's like, are they good or bad for what and for for who. who. And if you don't kind of expand that question, is this good enough for this outcome and for this person? Is this choice good for me to lose weight because I want to lose weight is a completely different question than is this choice good for me to lose weight for this personal trainer who says I have to lose weight? Like that's, Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about, we're challenging autonomy. We're challenging, like, what is enoughness? Like who's holding the measuring stick. Mm -hmm. And so often we've put that barometer in other people's hands and we really would love to see women take that back and say, this is good enough for me. This is enough for me. This is what I desire for my own personal reasons. Not because this movement said I should or shouldn't, or this person or this doctor or my partner or our culture says that this is what I have to desire. Like they're actually pausing to turn inward and say like, what do I want and need? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I adore that. And I'm having some resistance and let me tell you why I feel my own personal pendulum has swung from having babies very young and able to lose the weight very young, probably in perimenopause now. And with body positivity, a lot of confusion about how I talk about Mm -hmm. that, how I talk about, whoa, my body's changing. This is uncomfortable. I feel less confident and I would like to make some changes. Now, does that mean I'm not body positive? So I love this, that you're challenging this for me and for our listeners to say autonomously, what do you want? Is it enough for you? What do you want? Go ahead, Jen. We recorded a podcast on this and I had a lot of resistance to this too. And I think that I, I just have this inner need to be seen as good. Like I just, I go out, it's a validation point for me. I'm a people pleaser, inner perfectionist, you know, all these, uh, which a lot of women in our generation, at least that I've met share that. Mm. And I, 
don't want to be seen as like bad, like not body positive. And, and, you know, if we, you know, which we do, we get criticism and, and when we get that criticism, it just like burns me to my core. And I want to, you know, how find that person and say, Hey, look, I'm good. I'm good. Let's talk. You need to like, I, I, I just like hone in on those people and I need to convince them that I'm good. And we actually recorded a podcast on body positivity. And and here's the thing. Weight loss is not body positive. It is not. And can you find peace with that? Because, and it's understanding the body positive movement as something, you know, deeper and bigger than a phrase, right? Like body positivity is a movement and it is, and there is no room for weight loss there. It is not about changing your body. And it's not even about centering, you know, which I know this is talked about in body positive circles of centering, you know, actually thin to straight sized white women who just have body image struggles. I think when you understand body positivity um, as a, as a movement and not a phrase, then you may find that your weight loss goals are not compatible with body positivity. And can we be okay with that? Yeah. And is it, is it, is it okay for me to have a weight loss goal from a body autonomous Mm. place? Is it okay for me to want to eat more nutritiously, move my body um, and explore weight loss from a place of self-care? Right. And so it's like, can you be okay that your weight loss goal is not body positive? And for me, I I used to tell this story uh, about kind of having to leave all these body positive communities because I did have a weight loss goal and it, I remember sharing it and it just not being received very well. And I felt, I felt angry about that for a long time until I realized that I had no business bringing that up in those communities. Those communities aren't for me. They really aren't. And so, you know, I think that Body positivity started as a movement has become a kind of a buzzword and phrase mm-hmm. and people are trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to come to terms with what that means for them. And, and then for some people, this desire that they have maybe to lose some weight. And I mean, that's every person's work to kind of dig into that. So this is what you mean by the messy metal, the messy metal. <laughs> and, and for me, it's like, this is a concept. Uh, I believe I heard from ben- Brene Brown initially. And then I think a lot of people struggle with, and it is uh, holding space for two things to be mm-hmm. true. So holding space for this truth that you want to love your body, accept your body, and just be at peace with the body you have, and you want to change it. And there's lots of messiness to talk about inside of that, which we do talk in Balance 365. Like everybody has to accept their genetics. Everybody has to accept their stage of life. Everybody has to accept perimenopause, but there's room in there to talk about habits. Annie, did you want to add to that? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I, Jen and I probably could talk for hours on this subject. I, mm. I think, um, well, not even, I think, I know that that was where I found myself. I wanted to lose weight and treat myself with love and respect. Yeah. And when I, like Jen, started to understand the body positive movement wasn't in alignment with my desire to lose weight, like how could I make that possible? How could I reconcile what at the time felt like two opposing forces? I want to love my body and lose weight like that or love my body as is and want to make some changes. And we talk about this all the time in our community, like, about our kids, our homes. I can respect my kids, love my kids, respect my home, appreciate my home and still want to like make some upgrades yeah. and still get pissed when my kids are sassy yeah, and still wish that they wouldn't smile like that in photos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and so when I look in the mirror or step on the scale, I can think, I don't love my varicose veins. I don't like I, and I probably never will. And that doesn't mean that I have to be addicted myself Mm -hmm. or that I have to fuel every decision with self-loathing and hate. I can be like, okay, you don't like this. And there's also a lot of great things about you and you can still make a really respectful, kind decision. And, And in fact, I think one of the biggest philosophies behind how balance 365 members make decisions that shifts for them is they make it from a place of 
uh, self-compassion. It's not always this indulgent gluttonous, like, yes, yes, yes to everything. And it's also not no, no, no Mm -hmm. to everything. They, they can ebb and flow between the two. Sometimes it is a yes. Sometimes it's a no. And again, taking it back to the individual from an autonomous place, they get to learn how to discern that for themselves. And sometimes I do say yes to the ice cream. Sometimes I say no, and neither decision is right or wrong, good or bad. It's just the decision based off of what I thought was best for me in that moment. A a lot of the women that come into our program, uh, when they're facing these decisions of the ice cream, they're not checking in with themselves. Mm -hmm. They're checking in with their weight. They're like, am I, was I heavier this morning? If so, I cannot have the ice cream. Um, do, how will this, what will this make, uh, what will this do to the scale tomorrow morning? Mm -hmm. And so all of it, you know, it's very weight centric. Like Mm -hmm. our decision-making is very weight centric instead of, instead of health centric, which is, you know, what, where we really move people towards and autonomy and core values based. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would say, to somebody, um, or to share my story, I would say there's a big difference for me, uh, for saying yes to ice cream when say it's a Friday after school, pick up my kids, we go for ice cream and I have a a very, um, meaningful experience Mm -hmm. to I'm so stressed out. It's Wednesday afternoon and I just bolt into the pantry and I'm shoveling goldfish crackers into my mouth. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, you know, it's like, we want women to have valuable experiences. And with this, with the food thing, I find women are either saying yes or no. They're Mm -hmm. either, Mm -hmm. their pendulum is either over here. They're saying yes all the time, or they're saying no all the time. And we also, we have a podcast on this on food freedom. Everybody wants food freedom. It has also become a buzzword, Mm. but, uh, you know, people try it out and they think I can't do this. I feel terrible. Like this food freedom thing isn't for me. I need to go back to these restrictions. And we would argue that freedom is the ability to say yes or no to food, depending on what you need and want. There is so much goodness in all the podcasts I've listened to in this conversation that we're having right now. And what's um, interesting is that you are just it sounds like the two of you were talking about, like, you don't love talking about the weight loss. And when I was interviewing my friends, they said, when I said, like, explain Balance 365, it was like, there wasn't a elevator pitch, right? It was, it was longer than that. It was this detailed explanation of what this coaching was. And then the afterthought with all three of them was, oh, and, oh, and you may lose a little weight. which was beautiful to me. And I am positive that they all joined with weight loss goals. I'm positive. And what they found out was there were habits and values and other deeper learning to be had. Mm -hmm. And then the side effect may or may not be the weight loss. Yeah. And I would say if you are struggling with your weight, like there is so much to unpack here from individual to individual. But if you are struggling with your weight and, you know, if anyone is listening, if they in particular feel that they are overweight, I do think there's a lot to unpack there because I've been 20 pounds uh, less than I am now and thought I was overweight, mm. which is just, you know, ludicrous to me now. But if they have this feeling or this desire to lose weight. I think that what we have seen in our members, and I would encourage everybody to reflect on, is if the the weight or um, the struggles with weight are just a symptom. Mm. They are just a symptom of these deeper issues. And that's why mindset and core values all become actually so important and trajectory changing for people in our program um, because you start to understand yourself and you start to understand your patterns and you start to understand why you choose to do what you do and why your relationship with your body and food is what it is. And what I find with our members is there's just a calmness that comes to them and they get out of the this chaotic relationship with food. I just think when you 
experience or even get a little taste of what it's like to either rebuild or maybe for the first time build trust in yourself that we have a saying that you have your own back. That was one of our, one of our more seasoned Balance 365 members wrote this big, long post about, and she ended it with, I know I have my own back. This idea that I am good for myself and it, and it became a thing like our, you know, I have my own back. Uh, when you get a chance to rebuild that and the confidence that comes with, I don't care where I am, what I'm doing, who I'm with. I know that I can take great care of myself. The weight loss is just like kind of underwhelming comparatively (laughs) speaking, you know, and I, I'm sitting here in front of you as someone who's lost six and sustained 60 pounds of weight loss. Like I totally acknowledge that. 60 pounds heavier. I was not living a life that I felt good about. I was hard for me to tie my shoes. I was out of breath. I love exercise. And that was difficult. And I just didn't feel good in my body, but I would also argue that as your friends experienced, I was 60 pounds overweight because I wasn't making values driven autonomous decisions out of self-respect and self-compassion. I was treating myself pretty poorly. Yeah. You know, I feel like I have the opposite story as well, where I can look back eight years ago and I talk about on the podcast, it was like my lowest low. I had a massive anxiety attack and I was, I weighed my lowest amount I've ever weighed. And in that space, I was making really horrible health decisions in that space. I was not loving on my body in that space. I was, you know, choosing the wine calories over the salad calories, literally. And, and so what a gift balance 365 can be for the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, very similar story. And that's what I like about Addie and I and, you know, being co-founders and sharing our story together. It's not one or the other. So my, my story of finding my healthy weight, I am just smack dab in the middle of my leanest weight and my heaviest weight. Um, And I know what it would take to be 20 pounds less than I am now. And I'm not willing to do that anymore. It is, it was not healthy and it took a level of, um, I guess, pressure and tediousness with my nutrition that I'm just not, I'm not willing to go there anymore was not healthy for me. And then Annie's story is, you know, being losing 60 pounds and being her leanest adult weight, um, and finding, you know, that's healthy for her. So I like the contrast of the stories so that we can, we can show people it, it's not one or the other. Um, And what I find with our members is they don't, they don't really know what even a healthy weight is for them because they've been dieting for so long. They are either at their leanest and then they're catapulting the other way and then they're feeling heavy and then they go back on their restrictive diet and they dig in and they willpower it, you know, then they're, and it just goes back and forth, back and forth. And if, if that's the experience, then, you know, your healthy weight may be somewhere in the middle, but we, we honestly, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say we have any rules in Balance 365, but it's more like we would uh, discourage people having goal weights and we encourage having a goal life instead and your weight becoming a byproduct Mm -hmm. of that goal life, right? Because in the end, our weight is, you know, number one, a huge part of it is genetically determined what your, you know, best, healthiest weight is. So, you know, that's why we always say everyone has to accept that Annie at some point had to accept her thighs. She's got big thighs. There is no amount of weight loss that's going to change that. So everybody does have to accept their genetics. Um, but within that, I think that, you know, I've been there. I, I lived a weight driven life. That's what I lived. Right. So it was like, okay, I had this number that I had to be in my head. And then I tried to shape my life around that. Instead, what we are offering is that you can work on living your biggest life and trust that your body, if you are living your biggest, healthiest life, your body will find the healthy weight that you need to be. I So often when we ask women 
this question, well, what brought you to balance 365? Well, I want to lose weight. Okay, great. And then what, like, what's going to change in your life in a meaningful way that weight loss is going to allow you to, well, when I lose weight, then I'm going to hike. Then I'm going to go to open mic night and play my guitar. Then I'm going to travel more. Then I'm going to start dating. Then I'm going to go back to school. And it's like, we're doing so many times we try to pursue weight loss in hopes that we're going to feel a certain way when we achieve that weight loss. And then we start doing all these things when we feel that way. And it's like, no, we can, we can start taking steps to do those things, Mm -hmm. then create that feeling. And then just let your weight fall wherever it is. Again, for me, that resulted when I started taking that approach, it did result in weight loss. And it does for a lot of our members. When you start living this values driven life, it's like, oh, okay. Like I'm more active. I, I make better nutritional choices because turns out eating pizza and brownies and wine all day, every day doesn't leave me feeling so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, but like for Jen, it might be your weight is maintained or even up a little bit, but it's, um, kind of a backwards approach or even, uh, just a crapshoot to say, I'm going to achieve this goal weight and then fingers crossed hope it's all I can sustain it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I also want to say too, about the goal weight. I had this experience. I couldn't tell you what time my babies were born, uh, what we served at my wedding reception. Um, I can barely even remember my own age, but I can tell you what I weighed when I graduated high school, Mm -hmm. what I weighed when I went to the hospital, what I weighed when I came home from the hospital, what I weighed on my wedding day. And it's like, is that really the kind of life? I, are those the memories mm-hmm. that I want to keep? Mm-hmm. Like, no, mm-hmm. I, that's not what I want to be the forefront of my life. And also just for context, again, speaking to the messy middle, so many people kind of crap on this. Well, you know, you shouldn't weigh what you weighed in high school. Well, Hey, some of us were a little overweight in high school. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so to like make these blanket statements, like this is not good, or this is Mm -hmm. not encouraged. It's like, that might be true for Jen, Mm -hmm. but for me, Mm -hmm. as someone who was overweight, I actually weigh less than I weighed in high school. And that's not this like brag. That's just a reflection of my poor health in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just, there's more nuance to all of this. I know. And I knew this conversation was going to be bonkers because I would have question upon question upon question. And I know our listeners are going to have the same thing. Like I said, I was, as I was interviewing my friends, I have pages of notes Mm -hmm. and I knew I couldn't fit it all in. And so my first recommendation to our listeners is to check out the podcast. It is phenomenal. And you'll find so much good stuff in the podcast. And I'll actually link the couple um, episode that we referenced in the show notes here. But I also knew this conversation was going to just fire me up and inspire me. And so a question that I have and my friends also had is like, how do we bankrupt you guys? Not bankrupt, get you out of business. (laughs) How do we, not that we want you because you're doing some beautiful work, but um, how do we, how does Balance 365 take over the world? How can we help you? What's next? Well, we're working hard at that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I think the biggest act of rebellion that women could do is just to go out there and live values-driven lives of their own. And we hear so many concerns about uh, raising children and not wanting to raise the next generation of dieters. And that's really tricky. I think, um, you know, most people are just leagues ahead of where our generation was if they are not raising children in, you know, diet culture centered homes. But I also, you know, there's a lot of work that needs done in our culture around um, just, you know, Annie might not even agree with me here, but what children are just constantly exposed to, right? And um, so not only do we need individuals to shift their values, we need a culture shift in values. And um, I think that that's going to include more than just us and women 
and men um, or anyone on the gender spectrum willing to have hard conversations in their communities. And so, and I have them, I have them in my community with my school, um, with coaches, with friends, and I can see it. I can see things changing, right. Even in my world, but imagine if everybody was doing that. I think the number one thing your listeners could do to support our mission to, to put us out of business (laughs) is to start with their own inner work. Mm-hmm. I could not coach women. I could not raise my kids. I could not talk to my daughters about their bodies in a authentic, compassionate place. If I wasn't also offering that to myself. And that doesn't mean that you have to be perfect as a parent or a sister or a neighbor, but I think a commitment to taking responsibility to do that work for yourself and not doing the typical mom thing where it's like, Oh, this is fine for me, but it's not okay. for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll do, yes. I'll treat myself this way or mm-hmm. back to Jen's story. I will talk to myself this way, but if I ever heard my kids talk that way, it's like, we got to start with ourselves. And I think Absolutely. that will go a long way. And as Jen said to me years ago, when I was probably on some sort of rant about the culture needs to change. She was like, yeah, but we are the culture Mm -hmm. we are. And collectively, if we all commit to this work, it's less about like coming to a unified answer and more just the way we live our lives. I think that will go so far. And, and you can, you can take all of our free resources. You can listen to our podcast. You can follow us on social media. Uh, you can join our free Facebook group and try to take the concepts and the practices that we share in those resources and apply them on your own. Most women need more help. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing and what I loved is that Jen said, your biggest act of rebellion is living a values-based life. That is beautiful. And Annie, tell me if I got this wrong, but the culture is us and it starts with us. And I think that there is a wait list right now for Balance 365 coaching. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it is so in demand that I believe you guys open it up a few times a year only and create a wait list. And so um, I will definitely link the wait list and any other resources um, to the show notes because this conversation can't stop here. And where you find this conversation is in Balance 365. Thank you. Ladies, thank you. This is this is a dream come true for me having these hard conversations, having real conversations, um, with women who are changing the world is literally my dream. So thank you for being here, your authenticity and, um, your willingness to share. Thank you so much for having you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you loved this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women? Feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time always keep living on purpose.